a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Glad you're with me on the program today. Uh, We are going to be taking a closer look at what's going on in New York right now with the new post-Bruin gun laws that uh, unfortunately are still in effect, even though uh, at least one federal judge has said, yeah, they're unconstitutional, but uh, unfortunately so far these uh, plaintiffs don't have standing to sue. So for now, anyway, these uh, new laws are on the books. You, uh, If you uh, are a regular reader at Bering Arms Camera Company, you may have seen the story earlier today about uh, several counties in New York uh, that are now passing resolutions, not only objecting to these new gun laws, but are laying the groundwork for lawsuits. Uh, and not just by one particular county, but it looks like some of these upstate counties like uh, Niagara County, St. Lawrence County, are looking to band together. Uh, and uh, file a, a lawsuit of their own against uh, at least some of the new laws that are now in effect. And one of the provisions that is raising a lot of eyebrows uh, is this requirement that all applicants for a concealed carry license in New York State must now turn over to the issuing authority, generally speaking, the uh, the, the county sheriff in any uh, particular uh, county, uh, a list of all of their social media accounts. And law enforcement supposed to go back three years through all of these social media accounts to uh, determine whether or not somebody has the good moral character to obtain a concealed carry license. Now, keep in mind, we're already talking about individuals who are legal gun owners, right? You're not going to apply for a concealed carry license unless you already own a firearm, generally speaking. Uh, and under New York law, you actually have to specify what gun it is you want to carry so yeah we are talking about people who are already legal gun owners so why they would have the good moral character to own a fire but not the good moral character to carry one in self-defense i gotta tell you i'm a little confused by that but that is the uh, law at least for now uh, what struck me and one of the things i want to talk about uh, today is this op-ed in the new york daily news uh, by a uh, professor at uh, Syracuse University. Uh, she's the author of a book called When Freedom Speaks. Uh, Lynn Greenkey is her name. In the op-ed she wrote, The First Amendment versus New York's Second Amendment Restrictions. Now, what struck me about this is that the New York Daily News is downright hostile to the right to keep and bear arms. I, I mean, th- that was a paper that uh, bemoaned the Bruin decision. Uh, that has uh, regularly opined uh, in favor of new gun control laws. And I have, honestly, this this is the first op-ed that I can remember that is even somewhat critical of a gun control law that the uh, New York Daily News has actually published. Uh, and, and to be fair, um, Lynn Greenkey is not calling for the uh, overturn of uh, every gun control measure imposed by the state of New York. But she does have real problems with perusing social media for evidence of good moral character. As she notes, some of the criteria that's listed as evidence of good moral character is provable, uh, measurable, uh, factual. Yeah, they've, they've got a factual basis, right? Uh, if you're not convicted of a felony, if you're not currently a fugitive from justice, if you're not addicted to a controlled substance, if you haven't been involuntarily committed to a mental health facility, which, by the way, 
All of those are prohibited factors for gun ownership in general, right? At least legal gun ownership. Uh, so again, we're left with, okay, so what's the difference between the good moral character to own a firearm and the good moral character to carry one in self-defense? Because the subjective criteria that's used to determine someone's good moral character when it comes to carrying a firearm is not present in New York law when it comes to purchasing a gun. And as Greenkey points out, problematically, she writes, as further evidence of one's good moral character, an applicant must submit a list of their former and current social media accounts from the past three years. What, she wonders, if anything is to be discovered from this is not at all clear. The government, she writes, is unlikely to have the power to compel access to the accounts. And as to public-facing social media posts, the government will have to clear major First Amendment hurdles before it can use the post to deny an applicant a license to own and carry a gun in New York State. She writes, uh, quote, it is an unfortunate truth that many use social media as an avenue to spew hate and vitriol. They do so under the protective umbrella of the First Amendment. Importantly, she goes on to say the constitutional prohibition against laws abridging freedom of speech applies only to the relationship between individuals and the government. Social media platforms do not belong to the government. They are owned by shareholders, which include private citizens and corporations. So while social media platforms as non-governmental entities have wide latitude to draft rules of engagement and moderate speech, including removing posts or blocking users, the First Amendment prohibits the government from taking such action. Lies, misinformation, disinformation, and hate, for the most part, enjoy the same First Amendment protections as truth and kindness. However, under the New York law, if you write something that uh, an issue in authority determines is hateful or vitriolic uh, or, you know, maybe expresses frustration with the government, maybe you're just too darn angry in your social media posts. That could be seen as evidence that you do not possess the good moral character to carry a firearm in self-defense. Now, as Greenkey points out, our right to speak our minds is not supposed to be suddenly subject to monitoring and punishment when we seek to assert our right to keep and bear arms under the Second Amendment. All of this, she says, likely will mean that when all is said and done, after all court challenges are heard, is that even if gun applicants can be required to provide a list of their former and current social media accounts from the past three years, only individuals who draft posts that are likely to incite illegal action or communicate a true threat can constitutionally be denied a gun license by New York. By the way, that would be a crime in and of itself, would it not? Now, Bruin, excuse me, uh, Greenkey says the court in Bruin went to great pains to assert that the rights recognized in the Second Amendment are equally as important as the rights recognized in the First. And the reverse is also true. Protection, once granted to speech by the First Amendment, cannot later be withdrawn by the Second. A gun applicant's social media posts are shielded equally from government interference by the First Amendment and the Second. Those parts of the New York gun law that provide the government the power to upend that balance will not survive constitutional scrutiny. Now, Lynn Greenkey is not an attorney, but she has written extensively about First Amendment protections, and I think that she's actually spot on when she says that these will not survive uh, a court challenge. Frankly, I don't think many of the post-Bruin gun laws that have been imposed by Democrats in Albany are going to survive a court challenge. The problem is that 
those New York Democrats have written these laws in such a way that it is difficult to have standing to challenge these laws unless you have been arrested and charged with violating these laws. So you can argue, hey, look, uh, I'm I'm concerned that um, I will become a felon if I try to exercise my right to carry. I, I am concerned that my rights are going to be curtailed uh, if I follow the law. And unfortunately, so far, judges, uh, the federal judges that have uh, heard these cases have said, meh, sorry, you're just not an injured party at this point. I think that there are some additional classes out there, including those who uh, may be forced to wait for a year or more to obtain a concealed carry license because of these new provisions. I think they have an arguable claim that their right to bear arms is being unconstitutionally denied them by the process that New York has put in place. Uh, We just saw a lawsuit filed against some of the quote unquote sensitive spaces uh, in uh, New York State, the Second Amendment Foundation, Firearms Policy Coalition, and uh, two individual plaintiffs filing suit. And those two plaintiffs are actually concealed carry holders. So their argument is, hey, our rights are being denied right now. We are injured parties because we have been told, in essence, the only place that we can carry for self-defense, in the words of Governor Hochul, are some streets in the state, right? All private businesses are de facto gun-free zones now, and only some categories of private businesses, actually all private property is de facto a gun-free zone. And only some private property owners are allowed under state law to recognize concealed carry and to welcome concealed carry holders inside their establishment. For example, if you own a diner and you don't have a liquor license, by default, That diner is now a gun-free zone, but you are allowed to post a sign that says concealed carry is welcome here. If, on the other hand, you own a sports bar where alcohol is served, you are not allowed to put up a sign because the presence of alcohol in a restaurant apparently means that uh, law-abiding gun owners cannot be trusted to enter that uh, facility, enjoy dinner, and maybe an iced tea with their meal. No, 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 no. The presence of alcohol on the premises somehow creates a a dangerous circumstance, which again raises the question, uh, what about gun owners having alcohol at home, right? I'm sure that Kathy Hochul and New York Democrats would love to try to ban that activity as well, or at least force New Yorkers to choose between their uh, ability to enjoy a beer and their right to armed self-defense. So I don't know that that that, uh, these uh, sensitive uh, spaces are going to survive legal scrutiny either. And again, we've got counties now that are looking at suing the state of New York uh, over the uh, uh, provisions in terms of just acquiring a license. You've got a lot of county sheriffs saying, look, this is going to be such an enormous waste of our resources. In fact, we, we, we don't even know how we're going to do this with the limited resources that we have. So unfortunately, we're now two weeks in to these laws being in effect and on the books. It has created nothing but confusion and chaos in New York State. And I really hoped that, uh, you know, one of these challenges would have been successful in preempting these laws from being uh, enforced. That didn't happen. Uh, But with new lawsuits being filed and more to come, uh, I do continue to believe that it will not be long, all things considered, before New York's latest unconstitutional gun control laws are once again struck down by the courts.
Now, turning our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day and our recidivist report, we'll start with that, a, a story out of Tennessee where a man charged in a fatal car crash, as it turns out, was uh, already out on probation for reckless homicide. Yeah, this young man has received a number of uh, sweetheart plea deals over the uh, course of the last few years. 24-year-old James Jones is uh, now under arrest, charged with vehicular homicide by intoxication. After a car crash on Wednesday, killed a local nurse, 40-year-old Amber Brockett of Clarksville, Tennessee, was uh, trying to turn left uh, when a uh, car driven by Jones rear-ended her at a high rate of speed that sent her car into an SUV in the next lane, and then uh, it continued on where it hit a pickup truck. Amber Brockett was taken to a local hospital where she was pronounced dead at the scene. She actually worked at the hospital where she was taken had just gotten off work prior to the crash. James Jones was taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Police say that uh, he did show signs of impairment, and a search warrant was obtained for his blood. Uh, he is now facing a long list of charges, including vehicular homicide by intoxication, aggravated assault by recklessness, three counts of that, reckless endangerment, felon in possession of a weapon, possession of a weapon while under the influence, and uh, no proof of insurance. Now, as I mentioned, at the time of this crash, Jones was out of probation for reckless homicide, as well as drug and evidence tampering convictions. This was back in 2015. He was accused of shooting a 16-year-old at a uh, uh, on a Christmas Eve. Um, Jones reportedly told police that he shot Luan Lee, who was his friend, while he was handling a pistol. Uh, Jones told police that he panicked after the shooting and then fled the scene. At the time, Jones was also facing charges for aggravated burglary in connection with a uh, home break-in where electronics and cash were taken. And apparently all those cases were, you know, wrapped up in one neat bow. Jones was able to uh, plead guilty to lesser charges. Again, got away with uh, primarily probation. And now stands accused of once again taking an innocent life when perhaps, just perhaps, if the earlier criminal cases had been treated more seriously by the criminal justice system, Mr. Jones would have been behind bars and Amber Brockett would have made it home after getting off of work. Today's Armed Citizen story from Harris County, Texas. Uh, we don't have a lot of information here. The uh, headline, woman allegedly shot ex-boyfriend during a physical fight in Southeast Houston. It sure sounds like a case of self-defense. The woman in question has not been arrested. Local prosecutors say they're referring the case to a grand jury to investigate, but uh, she's not been in a take, taken into custody at this point, uh, which does indicate that the evidence is uh, leaning towards self-defense. This happened to Tuesday afternoon. Officers responded to a shooting call on uh, Winkler Drive in Southeast Houston. When they got there, they found a 73-year-old man on the living room floor uh, with a gunshot wound. He was pronounced dead at the scene. The woman told officers that she had a previous relationship with a man. She says on Wednesday, he went into her home without permission. They got into a physical fight. And in fear of her own safety, the woman said she grabbed a gun and shot her ex-boyfriend. The uh, case, again, presented to the Harris County DA's office, who determined it would be presented to a grand jury for review. So the uh, woman is not facing any formal charges at the moment. And again, if the uh, evidence backs up the woman's story, I would say that she will not be facing charges. You have a right to protect yourself, especially in your own home, especially when uh, somebody who's not supposed to be there physically assaults you. But we will keep our eyes out for uh, any additional information about this particular story, and we'll bring it to you uh, if and when it becomes available. Finally today, our good deed of the day in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, a Wyoming animal control officer who helped save the life of a man 
who accidentally slashed his wrist. This was in uh, Glen Rock, Wyoming. And uh, Animal Control Officer McCrary, uh, that's that's the only uh, identity that we have at this point, uh, was alone in the police station one night, small town, you know, not many folks on duty. Call comes in from dispatch. Male subject had accidentally, quote, sliced his wrist to the bone. Man's wife called dispatch and said that they were driving to the police station. I guess the police station was closer than uh, the local hospital or the nearest hospital. So Mr. McCrary, being the only one there, knowing that it would take uh, too long for an ambulance to make it to the man, prepared himself to help save a life. He uh, picked up his tactical medical kit, which uh, he had previously only used on animals, uh, and then he waited for the man and the wife to arrive. When they did, uh, K2AM30 radio says that uh, the animal control officer quickly got to work, applying a tourniquet and bandages to the man, uh, and later credited with saving his life by the attending surgeons who uh, ultimately were able to uh, treat his injury. So this week at the uh, Glenrock Town Council meeting, uh, Officer McCrary given the uh, life-saving award. And the cool thing is, the man who uh, Mr. McCrary saved was actually the one who gave him that award. The uh, Glenrock Town Council said these life-saving actions were well above and beyond for any animal control officer, but not ours. We are fortunate to have employees like Animal Control Officer McCurry working for our great community. Uh, if you see him out and about, please congratulate him. So, uh, Officer McCrary, there in Glenrock, Wyoming, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. We thank you very much for your very good deed. Now, that is, unfortunately, all the time that we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you, as always, for being a part of the program. We will be back on Monday with another edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company, but we've got you covered at Bearing Arms, the website, uh, throughout the weekend. We're going to keep you updated on everything you need to know when it comes to your right to keep bear arms and the threats to our Second Amendment rights, as well, of course, as any success stories that we have to report. Uh, it does kind of seem like... Those stories are few and far between uh, in the aftermath of the Bruin decision. We are certainly seeing gun control uh, activists and anti-gun states go on a rampage against our right to keep and bear arms. But um, I have I have to tell you, I firmly believe that these desperate moves to deny Americans their right to keep and bear arms uh, are not going to be successful by and large, and that uh, this is a losing effort on the uh, part of the gun control lobby, standing on the wrong side of history and, of course, the wrong side of the Constitution. I know that it can be frustrating to see these uh, anti-gun laws remain on the books, even temporarily, but uh, the fight continues, and as long as we are engaged and involved, I think ultimately we're going to be successful. All right, again, hope you have a great weekend. Make sure you do check out BarryAndArms.com. If you like what you see, I would also encourage you to become a VIP member. You can do so by going to BarryAndArms.com slash subscribe. And if you use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, you're going to get a significant savings on your VIP membership. And as our way of saying thanks for you showing your support for us, we're going to give you exclusive news stories, columns, commentary, analysis you won't find anywhere else because your support really does matter. And it really does make a difference. So thank you again. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.